Welcome to Stand to Reasons, hashtag STRask podcast with Amy Hall and Greg Kokel. And I'm Amy Hall. And, and with Greg me is Kokel. Greg Kokel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg, here's a question from Derek. I have two teenage daughters who, when asked their thoughts on the resurrection, will say they believe it probably happened, but also that they don't really care. Any thoughts on how to pique their interest, or is that just a symptom of their youth? Yeah. Um, it's How old? How, is there an indication of their age? He just says teenage. All right. Well, that's a symptom of being a teenager to some degree. I have two teenagers, so and and I'm just confronting this stuff on a daily basis, and um, their interests are other. Now there are exceptions to that. We just came back from our final um, reality of this season in Augusta, Georgia, and they were magnificent teenagers. Fourteen-year-old one that was there that has her own podcast. You know, she's a YouTuber. Not a podcast, but a YouTuber thing. And so it's like there are exceptions to this, but a whole lot of them are distracted by a whole bunch of other things. And uh, teenagers, especially teenage girls, have hormones exploding in their body and everything's crazy. So I think we should not be surprised when they say things that sound a little crazy and not overreact. Okay, not overreact. Now, it doesn't mean you can't respond to it. But if, but, but um, it 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 does mean that we we be careful. So, what would be a response to this? Well, if they claim to be Christians, this is where First Corinthians fifteen might be good. Let me ask you a question, honey. Um, are you saying that it doesn't matter to Christianity whether Jesus rose from the dead or not? And see what she says. If it's a a, a daughter, because in First Corinthians it says that. That if Jesus did for First Corinthians fifteen, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, well, the apostles are liars because they attest to something that didn't happen, and uh, we are still in our sin if Jesus didn't rise, and therefore Paul says conclusively here, we are of most people to be pitied if we are believing in a Jesus who rose when he didn't rose. People should feel sorry for us. So at least there's a text that focuses in on the critical importance, theologically, of the resurrection. Now, it might be something that doesn't really capture their fancy, or they're not personally interested in much, then that's something else. And there are a lot of Christians who don't think much about the resurrection. They ought to think more about it, because it's all through Scripture. And when I first started doing apologetics, I gave it almost no attention but it is central historically, especially the first century. It was all about the resurrection as verifying Jesus' claim to be Messiah and, and fulfilled prophecy related to that. So um, uh, if it's just a, you know, a, a passing, it may be a passing phase where they don't care so much about it. If they're saying it doesn't matter to Christianity, that would be uh, maybe an opportunity to clarify. It really does. And here's what Paul says. Have them read it and it's, ask them what they think about what he said. And it's not just the fact that it verifies who Jesus is, but the resurrection is also what made Jesus our living priest. So if you look in Hebrews chapter 7 through 10, it talks about Jesus being our priest, praying for us and um, Interceding, right. atone, yeah, atoning for us before the Father. His, his resurrection is what allowed him 
to apply the atonement to us.、Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely central. Now it's not clear to me if if the daughters don't care about the apologetics or they they don't care if the resurrection happened. happened. Yeah. So depending on what they that's the first thing I would ask them is maybe he knows already. But what do you mean by you don't you don't care? You don't care about the evidence for it? Well, if that's the case, then I would just barrage them with arguments against it, and I would say, well, what would you say to someone who said this? How do you know? How do you know it's true if this and this argument is argues against it? I, I would do that. I would I would I would get them out of their complacency by sh- shaking them up a little bit on this if they don't care about the apologetics, because the apologetics for the resurrection are absolutely amazing, right? And If they're not willing to hear it, then maybe they they don't feel a need for it. And I think especially with girls, a lot of times they don't become interested in apologetics until they have a need for it. So if there's a friend they're trying to reach, or if they have their own questions, that's when it comes up. They're less likely to be interested in it for its own sake. So maybe you could, if they have a friend who. Is not a Christian. You could ask them what they think about the resurrection in front of your your girls. I'm not sure. It it just depends on what exactly it is that they don't care about. Because if you don't care about the resurrection happening at all, not just the apologetics, now I think there might be bigger problems in terms of their Christianity because that、mm-hmm. seems kind of odd.、Mm-hmm. And in, in that case, Greg, I think what you mentioned about talking about the results if. It's not true.、Mm-hmm. Is a good way to go. Like you mentioned, the passage in First Corinthians fifteen, right? And、uh, Paul also mentions in Romans chapter one, third verse or something, that Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God through the resurrection. So the resurrection does a lot of theological work for、mm-hmm. us. The deity of Christ, and one of the things that I like about that passage is Romans is a fairly early book, and it's an,、uh, it has uncontested Pauline authorship, even by critical scholars. So I don't know if it's fifty five or fifty four or fifty three or fifty six, whatever it is, it's within you know a decade to two decades at the outside of the event itself, and that's not enough time for a myth to develop. This was core to the evangel or the、uh, the primitive mentality. I should say it was core to the mentality of the primitive church. I mean, the very first group of Christians, even before they got sophisticated about other things, they weren't. They they understood that Jesus was Lord, and that He rose from the dead, and that was a verification of His claim.、Mm-hmm. Let's go into a question from Ernesto, a student in my fifth grader's class. Handed out pro pro gay materials, stickers with "Love is Love." Others have animals with pride flags. Should I push back? And if so, how should I begin? This is a public school, right? I'm assuming. He okay. Doesn't, he doesn't specify, but I'm assuming. Um. Well, it is so frustrating to hear this kind of stuff. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm just trying to control my frustration right now, because this is the one way street of tolerance. Why is it appropriate for kids to to campaign on political cultural issues in school? Okay, do pro-lifers have the right to campaign on a pro-life issue? Maybe they do.
Maybe this is a wide open school and all political viewpoints are, are accepted and can be campaigned on. So then conservative viewpoints that are against same-sex marriage ought to be openly allowed to be campaigned with freedom to express themselves as well. Now, uh, my my sense, right, for the most part, is I, I think that high schools should be politically um, all school, 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 public schools should be apolitical. You know, it's not their job to indoctrinate according to a political ideology. And this is all political. Oh, well, we just are trying to promote what's good. Love is love. Well, wait a minute. Your love is love, which is a nonsense statement. A is A. Dumb is dumb. Stupid is stupid. Good is good. It's, it's, it's nonsense. Okay. So taken at face value, but really what it's meant to be is some kind of rhetorical ploy to promote something that is not loving at all, according to one way of looking at it. And so why are we, why, why aren't we training students in the teachings that they need to get rather than politicizing everything? This has happened everywhere now in education. Amy? Well, this is coming from a student. I don't know if you missed that. So it's not actually, this isn't something at the teachers handing out. This is something a student in the fifth graders class. So we're talking, what, 10, 11? Oh, my goodness. Sure well, God bless is. the student who asked the question, Ernesto. Okay. Well, the, 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 the student is handing out the materials. The parent is wants to know how he should respond to this other this student in his son's class handing out. Okay, the yeah, that that's kind of okay. the way I understood. Okay, okay. It. Okay, so Ernesto's not the student. Ernesto's right. the parent. All right. right. Still, well, this is okay. I was just kind of speaking broadly. I I don't think this kind of stuff should happen, and so this is where um, it's appropriate. I think this you don't go to the student. You have to talk to the school and the school mm-hmm. administrators and say, I, I want to know what is the justification for um, for students handing out political propaganda in school, because this is political propaganda. OK, um, and especially love is love. I mean, talk about rhetorical moves. It's not like a straight up appeal for kindness, which who would disagree with that. It is promoting a certain view as morally acceptable. And if you don't accept this, then you're not loving. So it's political. It's fair to say that this is it. This is a. So what is the place the school has? That's the first question for doing this. Is anything like this appropriate? Okay. If they say, well, we just want to give students the latitude uh, to blah, 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 or whatever. Okay. Then and what was the age? Eight, fifth grade, did you say? Fifth grade, yeah. Oh, for, especially in fifth grade. High school, I can see that maybe some case mm-hmm. could be made, but not in fifth grade. I'm curious. Oh, anyway, don't get me going. I'm, I'll try to stay on target here. Um, so what is the? Why are we doing this? And, of course, it's not just that issue. It's a whole bunch of issues now that are promoted by the teachers' unions. Why are we doing this to our kids, politicizing them according to a partisan political perspective? Ooh, nice alliteration there. Partisan political perspective. This is politics. Why are we allowing that to happen? Okay, now they might have some justification. Okay, now that we believe in this, this is our thing. Okay, fine. Are all political views allowed, even opposing views, allowed to be promoted by the students? No. Why not? 
I mean, that's the question. Now, I, I know the answer. Well, because we're trying to promote love. Well, this is a particular def- and a very peculiar definition of love, it seems to me. If you're saying love means accepting everybody, well, okay, then why aren't you accepting the other opposing viewpoint if you're loving? There's all kinds of contradiction that's involved in this approach. But I, I, So I, I'm an activist in the sense that I think if everybody is silent, then the loud, evil minority wins, because these have to do with um, political issues that have ramifications for evil in the lives of our people and in in community. Now, that's a moral judgment, of course, but nobody can avoid making a moral judgment on any of these things. The love of love is a moral judgment against those people who are, are not on board with the LGBTQ agenda and uh, and are called unloving. So it's even worse. It's not just that they're that they're that 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 one side doesn't get to be heard. It's the they are chastised and labeled and judged publicly and shamed publicly for not having the politically correct view. Okay, so um, th- that's why I'm in favor of standing up and saying something. Now, it, it may be that you don't make a federal case out of it, as my dad used to say, uh, but you're saying something. There's resistance. And the more that some people resist in appropriate ways, the more others would be willing to stand up and resist as well. I remember a piece I wrote. I read it on the air on my regular show. Incidentally, let me just throw this out, Amy. I can't imagine people who like this show, SDR, hashtag SDRS, that aren't listening to the regular show. You know, and I can't imagine people who like that show not listening to this one because it's just more the same except for in terms of quality and content. So I'm just saying, if you listen to and you podcast hashtag SDRS, please podcast the regular show. Okay, it's it's different, but the same in a way that I think you really like it. Okay, enough of that. So um, I this is why I think it's what I was going to say is there was a school board meeting and uh, people were allowed to give their opinion about some of these issues. And that's when I wrote a piece for my wife, because I couldn't go, I was out of town, to stand up and read. And because uh, you only got like three minutes. And so I crafted this in a very careful way and uh, trading on all leftist values on why you shouldn't be imposing these things in the school on our students. And uh, that these are questions that were for the parents to do with their family, not for the schools to decide. And if they, if this is what they do, then, and the power shift, the power base shifts, then it'll be the left's ox that's getting gored, and they're not going to like that, playing by the same rules. Anyway, so my wife read it, and there are lots of people that came up after her and said, thank you for speaking out. And so I think we need to not be silent and at least register the complaint. By the way, all it takes is one complaint about anything from the left and the school's policy changes. One person, I mean, the, the stories are legion of this happening, Amy. One person complains about something that's relatively innocuous, and bam, it gets shut down, if the person's on the left. If the person is a conservative, that doesn't work that way, all right? That's the one-way street of tolerance in our culture, all right? Nevertheless, I think it's appropriate to say something and to push back. 
So mm-hmm. if you're handing out things that have to do with uh, the gay, can we can can we hand out things that are opposed to this notion? As long as it's, I mean, it has to be carefully done. All right, but uh, or what about pro-life? The pro-life thing, love is love. It's not rights. It's love. What what what's up with that? So. Anyway, that's that would be my recommendation. I I speak out a lot. I'm in the grocery store. I'm in the hospital getting work done. I'm getting I'm, wherever I'm at. I make I mention something about the nonsense of some policies that are happening. Just absolute destructive, authoritarian, uh, demagogic nonsense. And almost every person I talk to, no matter whether whether ethnic backgrounds or whatever, they. virtually every single one of them agrees with me. So at least I've just said something. And if they didn't agree, at least I'm trying to give them something to think about. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm activist in that sense. And I, I, I encourage others to do the same, especially for Ernesto in this situation. What makes this so odd is the age of the student. Yeah. I can imagine most of the students have no idea what those stickers are about. And in a way that's, that's better, I guess. But the problem is they're forcing this issue onto students who have no knowledge of it. Right. So they're going home with these stickers, and now the parents have to deal with responding to the stickers. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, they just put them on their stuff and the parents find them. So I think because of the age, if you go to the teacher and you say, look, I have not discussed this issue with my child yet, and this is being forced on him right. at too young of an age – by this other student, and it's not appropriate. It's just not appropriate. And also, people are putting the stickers on their things, and so they're promoting something. They have no idea what it is. It's just age-inappropriate, period. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other angle. That's a good one, Amy. So I think that's where I would go with the teacher and say, look, you just got to make sure this stops. And that's mm-hmm. where I would start. Mm-hmm. If that didn't work, then I would probably go to the school and say, all right, I'm going to. I'm just letting you know that I'm planning to send pro-life stickers with my student. Because apparently this is okay. And so if you if you have a problem with this, then just let me know what your policy is on political stickers. Well, you know, I might also <clears throat> go to the Alliance of Defending Freedom, uh, ADF, and just give them a call and, uh, and threaten a lawsuit. You know, see if, if there is a basis for a threat. And, and it might be that the ADF just decides, as the ADF, they are going to send uh, they are going to uh, send a letter <laughs> to the principal and say, we understand this is going on. And if it continues to go on, then we are going to mount a legal challenge to this. Even the threat of it may get the, the teachers to back off in this kind of thing. And you mean if they, they don't have a, a, a policy that's uh, equal, e- even-handed? Well, is that, that might mean? be right one round, or just the fact that this is happening with students that there may be a there may be a, a, a legal basis, or at least a, at least a a tort uh, civil law basis for raising an issue. Now, remember, administrators do not want trouble. They don't want lawsuits. And this is why they give in to the left. And if the right just says, okay, well, I'll talk to my lawyer. And now they get a letter. And now this is over them. They said, maybe we could win if we have to litigate. But why should we have to litigate? Let's just say no, no politics at all. And that's the way I think it should be. Let politics be a family thing, not promoted by government agencies and teachers unions, because it is not even handed. I can imagine. And this is where I think the age is working for you, because, again, age inappropriate. 
I, I can understand once you get into high school, you, they're going to be discussing these questions, and that's fine. In fact, if this were a high school situation, I would say this is a great opportunity for your child to engage them with the Colombo questions, hmm. and and maybe have them think about and understand the people who oppose that they're not coming from a place of bigotry, that there are actually good reasons to believe that traditional marriage is what we should stick to. And so you could have all sorts of conversations. But again, that's for a high school student. This is a completely mm-hmm. different <laughs> question. Crazy. Just but crazy. yeah, use the age to your advantage. Go directly to the teacher and say, yeah, this really isn't appropriate to, to force parents into the situation where they're talking about this earlier right. than they this like is, to. This is sexualizing our young people in a way that is completely inappropriate. These are 10-year-old kids, fifth grade, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe 11. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah. Well, thank you for your questions, Derek and Ernesto. We love hearing from you. Send us your questions on Twitter with the hashtag STRask. We hope to hear from you. If you have a question that you've been waiting to ask, go ahead and ask it. We're, we're waiting to hear from you. This is Amy Hall and Greg Kokel for Stand to Reason. Stand to Reason.